Hello and welcome to episode seven. Mike, you are laughing. Why are you why are you laughing, Mike? Just your your level of excitement. I, it makes me excited. I'm, you, I'm excited to have people listening in. Do you like that you can just turn it on and I'm just super giddy and excited yeah. all of a sudden? 30 seconds ago you were depressed and I was. I was weeping, weeping in the corner. Yep. And yeah. now you're you're just excited. <laughs> so hey, welcome to episode seven of our uh, official podcast for Valley Christian Fellowship. We've we've yet to name this still. Uh, I know Mallory threw out No Way Yahweh. I thought that was pretty cool, but I don't think it hits the tone. It doesn't capture the right tone of what we're trying to accomplish. Not yet. We're getting there. Yeah. But I think I'm going to pocket Mallory's suggestion for uh, maybe a comedy thing I'll do someday in the future. So, Mike, how are you, man? I'm I'm doing great. Hey, you just finished uh, this last weekend the Versus series. What what are, what Where did you see God working through that series, I guess? Yeah. So, well, first of all, in my own life, because when you, when you talk about relationships and conflict, uh, I mean, it's just so real for every person and it's real for me and it really challenged me and how I'm going about certain relationships I have. But also I just, every week there were, there were families in particular that said, Hey, I'm really thinking through this. I know there were some ministry, um, leaders and some people in ministry that, that came to me afterward and said, Hey, I'm thinking through how this applies and how the scripture and the gospel apply to the way I'm dealing with people that I'm in conflict with, even in ministry. And so just excited to see, I I think people, their hearts softening and their, um, their willingness to forgive becoming greater. That's awesome. I appreciated the series. When you pitched the idea earlier in the year, I had thought about being an adult right now. I see more and more people growing up and carrying and acquiring more baggage in their life, mainly because of conflict, not dealing with it in the best ways, not in the healthiest of ways. And when you decided to, I guess when you follow the Lord in this leading to do this series, I saw this opportunity for people to, number one, stop acquiring baggage. Mm-hmm. Number two, start to unload baggage. And I saw that play out throughout this series. So I am excited for people to catch catch that. I'm excited for people to go back and revisit this. I, I love mm-hmm. the, the, the internet because they can go back and yep. check out these messages. So again, Mike, thank you for uh, just following God's leading in that and doing that series. Thank you for the opportunity to speak in that. I know we weren't planning on this part, but I know we're about to go into a new series. So would you like to plug that real quick? Yeah. So kind of a summer series is going to get us through half the summer and it's called riddle me this. And we're just going to work through many of the, the, parables of Jesus in the book of Matthew, just saying, Hey, sometimes parables are hard to understand, but they're, they're so intriguing and so insightful into who Jesus is and and how the kingdom works. And so we're just going to flesh those out. You're going to speak one week. Phil's going to speak one week. Oh yeah. Stephen Hall is going to speak one week. And I think I've got three of them. And so we're going to have a pretty good balance of different voices, just sharing from God's word and Jesus's parables. Yeah. It'll be exciting to just dig into the parables of Jesus. I like this. The name of the series riddled me this. When you pitched that, I was thinking the Riddler. Yeah. I was really hoping we'd do like a Riddler themed backdrop, but we went with something else. It was pretty cool, but I am excited for that. And I hope you as a listener are excited as as well. We, if you have missed any of the sermons, you can go to vcflongview.org and you can catch it up. You can catch up under the messages section of the website. So yeah, we even have our notes on there now. Yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're free to go and check that out. If you wanted to, because it just links to our YouTube, if you went to YouTube and search VCF Longview, you'll see the Valley Christian Fellowship YouTube page. You can actually subscribe to that, and every time we post something new, which is always a sermon, you can actually, you'll have that emailed directly right to you. So 
that's something to do if you want to just keep up to date with the messages. All right, Mike, switching gears. I know today, actually, I wanted to talk about baptisms and their connection to the gospel. But before we do that, actually, um, I wanted to give an opportunity to plug an event that's coming up at the end of this month. Um, actually, at the end of this week, it's going to be a membership class. Yep. Right. So if someone is interested in coming to this members class, what, what do they need to know? Yeah, they, they need to know that it's going to be a great lunch. We're going to spend about two to three hours together. Yeah. And during that time, we're going to talk about who we are at Valley, what we believe, how we're structured, who our leaders are, and what it really looks like to be part of this community. And so it's a pretty encouraging time. Um, we, we always give people an option to apply to be a member, although they don't have to. Um, we're fine with someone coming and sitting in and listening and then saying, oh, this isn't really for me necessarily. I still want to be part of the church, but not a member, but most people end up saying, yes, they want to be a member because it's, it's uh it's pretty exciting to be part of it. Yeah. And if, if, if there's anyone out there who would like to come and participate, we would love it. Or if you RSVP'd, you can call the office at 360-425-1061. That's 1061. And just let them know that you'd like to come. We'll put you on the list. Uh, it's just something that we do to make sure we have enough food for everybody. Now, we've mentioned this before. This isn't just for people who are checking out the church. Membership has evolved at Valley. So if there's any current member that would like to catch up on some of the evolutions of, of the ministries here, in the, then we would love for you to attend. So that's, that's, that's an open invite to them as well. So they just have to call the office, message, message them as, as, as some way, and let them know that they're coming, right? Exactly. All right. All right, Mike, with that done, uh, let's talk about baptisms. That's, that's, it's a, it's an exciting topic. Uh, at one point in time, Valley here, we led the association in baptisms, I think for one year, then we came in second place. I don't know if it's like a, it's not a competition, but it was exciting. Did you get some gold stars? I think, I think at the associational or the convention level, we got some sort of plaque at some, at some point in time. I don't remember. I know, uh, one of our members of the church who started the Acts 9 program got the Faithful Sowers Award that year. I know he doesn't want me mentioning his name, so I won't do that. But I will say that when I took his picture and posted it on Facebook, he was not happy <laughs> for the recognition. He's a very humble man. I, I love that guy. But so as a church, we are very familiar with baptisms. But with that, we people may not know kind of the back end of uh, the thought process of baptisms. So I wanted to share a story with you and kind of pick your brain on this scenario. Mm -hmm. So way back Back in the day when I was in my 20s, a long time ago, I, I was a youth pastor and I had a student come to an outreach event and they heard the gospel. And that night, this person, they wept. They, they were so convicted by the gospel that they wanted to accept Jesus right there and then. Like they, they, they understood that Jesus had paid for their sins. They were there. It was their sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. But but Jesus overcame and could deliver them from their own sins. And he repented that night and turned to, towards Christ. It was an amazing night. The following week I, I sat down with him and I said, Hey, you know, the next thing to do is, is to share about what happened in your life. And we can do this through baptism. And he instantly was like, I don't want to be baptized. And I was, the conversation evolved into, he didn't want to be baptized because as a child, his parents had already baptized him in, in some other church that he attended and he thought that he didn't need to be baptized anymore because that had already happened. 
So I know what happened to me after that, but I guess I would like to know, what are your thoughts on that scenario? Yeah, well, at Valley, we believe that baptism is an, it's an, an outward symbol, an outward kind of, um, uh, I guess, symbol, symbols a word of an inward faith, right? And so when someone's baptized, they say, I, I already believe, and now I'm symbolically going to go in the water representing Jesus's death and then be raised out of it, representing Jesus's resurrection. And so when someone does that, they're, they're showing a symbol of what they actually believe on the inside. And so in the case of this young man, I would say that, man, it, 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 his parents baptized him as a kid. They had a desire for him, but he didn't have faith himself. Right. And that was, that became evident when that night he came to faith and he actually repented and believed. And so what I would say is, is, for him in obedience to Jesus, because Jesus commands baptism, right? That the after you believe is when you get baptized. And I understand the tension because yeah. for me, I, I came to faith and it was years after I came to faith that I was baptized. And part of it for me was family stuff also. My, my parents were a little bit hesitant about my involvement in church. They did not like the idea of it. And so I kind of had this balance between trying to honor them honor your parents, you know, yeah. and the commandment to do that, but also trying to obey Christ. And so I, I waited until I was an adult, 18, to be baptized because I felt like there was a little bit more freedom to make that decision yeah. okay. in a way that still honored them. So in this story, I think one thing I'd like to talk about is when a parent baptizes their child, at, especially in this scenario, I, I think that's more akin, it should have been more akin to a dedication service. I think people get kind of confused on the difference between like a baby dedication and a baptism. We don't do baby baptisms because biblically that's not, that's, that's, that's not right. That's not what that's about. So can you kind of elaborate on the differences? Cause yeah. I think the, I think I can see the intention of what they were trying to do with their, with this child's or this student's baptism early, but it caused confusion Yeah. So those are two different things. I mean, baby dedication, actually, it's not commanded in scripture, right? There's, there's not a Jesus saying, here's how you do a baby dedication. He commands a a believer to be baptized, right? He says, make disciples of all nations. This means lead them to faith in Christ, lead them to obey his commands and and be baptized. Baby dedication is different. It's when a, a Christian family has a child and they desire that child to be raised in, in the, the church, they desire that child to be raised knowing the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And in the church gathers around and we pray for that child and we right. dedicate that child saying, Lord, have your way with this child. But we also dedicate that family saying, Lord, work in this family to bring this child to know grace. And we really, it's about dedicating the church. As a church, we say we are dedicating ourselves to surround this family and to love them and walk with them as this child grows and matures and comes to the spot where they can understand who Jesus is. Yeah, that's what baby dedication is. I mean, that's almost like a child dedication. And those are powerful because that's really, that goes back to the idea, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a child. And really, it's, it's us as a church coming together and saying, hey, we will mentor, we will walk with this child. We want to see them raised up in the Lord. And we shouldn't take that kind of stuff lightly. As a matter of fact, actually, I, I got to go be a part of your son's uh, preschool graduation mm-hmm. last week. And your kid means a lot to me, mm-hmm. right? And... We are really the, the family of God. There are a lot of kids that come to our church that they, they mean a lot to me. And I, I, 
it's not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a brother in Christ that we want to see my friend's kids make sure that they are walking with the Lord. They have every opportunity to make that decision for themselves. Yeah. And this might be another, another podcast in and yeah. of itself, but I mean, to have other voices as a parent, to know that my kids have other voices who, who sincerely love Christ, who know the word of God that my kids can go to and confide in and talk through and think through things, knowing that you're, you're probably going to say the exact same thing I'm going to say, but there's going to be stages in their life where they're not going to be able to hear it from me, right. but they're going to listen to, to Andrew or, or to someone else in the church. And that's, that's the beauty of the church. Yeah. And that's, that's what that dedication is about. Cause we're, we're coming together. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's kind of bring it back then to baptism. Earlier, you, you said that baptism is symbolic. So, can you kind of break down what baptism, what it symbolizes? Because there's, there's a couple images there that yeah. come to mind. Yeah. So the first thing is it it's a symbol of Jesus's death and resurrection. It really it's a symbol of the gospel, right? Romans chapter six verse four it says. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So this is Jesus's death and resurrection and us experiencing that death and resurrection, right? So everything that's happened to Jesus physically has happened to us spiritually when we trust in Jesus and baptism is just this this giant proclamation, this, this huge picture. It's a, it's a portrait of Jesus in his death and resurrection and how it's impacted my life or your life. You know, so it's, that's the first thing. It's just an illustration, right? Yeah. Um, it also, it illustrates that, that we have new life. You think about second Corinthians five seventeen. it says, if therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Again, picture of death and resurrection. My old life, it's gone. My new life has begun. And so I guess that's the, the biggest part of that symbol is, is I am now united with Christ. I, I share in salvation because of him. The other, the other piece of that, though, it really identifies us as, as part of the body of Christ. Right. We're, we're immersed in, in that part of that immersion is we're immersed <laughs> into the, the church family. And so... One of the, the markers of church membership, our membership class this weekend yeah. is saying, I am a baptized believer. I, I have expressed our professed faith. And, and in that I have aligned with the church by being baptized into it. You mentioned it being symbolic. And one of the things I like to tell people in many ways is that when you, when you're lowered into the water, fully submerged. It's like the old self is being buried with Christ and the new self, the new person that emerges from that is a brand new person who's being, who's being raised with Christ, you know, who emerges from the water. Absolutely. Yeah. And it being symbolic then true or false, the act of baptism doesn't save you, does not save you. That's True, 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 true. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. (laughs) It's it's absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah. This is, you're saved by faith. Right. And I, I bring this up because oftentimes people who, who get confused about baptism, they'll, they'll point back to when they were baptized as a child or, or something. And if they didn't have saving faith then, but they were just baptized, for example, like the student I was mentioned earlier, they may think that they are a Christian because they were baptized or they are saved because they were baptized, not because they put their faith in Jesus. Can you kind of run us through the distinction in that? Yeah. If I'm following you, I mean, the, the first, the first situation is super dangerous. 
because then you have this, this false assurance. You're walking around through life saying, oh, I was baptized. So when I die, I'm going to go to heaven versus saying the second is, oh, Jesus died for my sins and was raised. He has paid the price for them completely. And now I, now I'm made new and given this new life that's going to be eternal. One is, is complete fake assurance, right? And the other is it's, in, it's powerful assurance. It's saying because of what Jesus has done, I was baptized, not I was baptized. And so now God owes me something. No, that's, that's an important distinction there. And the other caveat then that comes with that, because if, if I tell someone is, Hey, baptism doesn't save you. Oftentimes then people will say, well, then why do I need to be baptized? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pretty good question. Sometimes people will point to point out the, uh, the thief on the cross and they'll say, you know, he, he's saved and he mm-hmm. didn't get baptized. Yeah. What, what are your, what's your, I guess, rebuttal? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he didn't like have much opportunity, did he? That, that, no, he, <laughs> he did not. But he, I bet you he would have been baptized. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's like saying, Hey, uh, well I'm saved. Why do I need to read my Bible or I'm saved? Right. Why do I need to go to church? Right. That, I think that's a, just a, such a, a, a weak understanding of what salvation is. I am saved. I've got been given a new life, a new heart in that I have a desire to grow and to obey. And so I obey by reading the scripture. I obey by being part of worship services and being living in community and sharing Mm -hmm. my faith. But Jesus, he gives a direct command for baptism. Matthew 28, he he commands it. He, He says, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. He says, and I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. But so part of making disciples, the command there is to make disciples, but the distinction or the description of how to part of it is you baptize them. If you're a disciple of Jesus, if you've been saved by him, you, you want to walk in that obedience and be baptized. Right. And the word you just use is obedience. That's the first act of obedience. If you've come to saving faith in Christ and you desire to be obedient to him, it's kind of, it's kind of weird that we would push back then immediately. Like, okay, well then if I need, if, if, if I need to be baptized to show obedience, then I don't want to do that. Then wait, what just happened here? Why are we even, why is that even a discussion? Yeah. It's not even like the, the norm in scripture is totally opposite. You have Acts chapter two, when, when thousands of people are saved, verse 41, it says, and so those who received the word were baptized. It's like, there's no even, not even discussion. It's like we, they received the word, they trusted in Jesus and then boom, they're baptized. Or you have Acts chapter eight, verse 12. It says, when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. This is just like, here we go. I believe there's some water. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. And then it's, it's really cool to see how immediate that is, which actually brings up, since we're talking about baptism, it brings up kind of the question of uh, timing. So when, when should someone be baptized? Cause I know as a church, we tend, we used to do it every quarter, uh, we've kind of slowed down on things as we went through this transition, mm-hmm. right? And so we kind of do this quarterly. Some churches do it like once a year. Like it's kind of this weird timing thing. What biblically, what, how, when should someone be baptized? Yeah. So I think the, the precedent is as soon as possible. 
Right. And so at Valley, we're doing them, you know, we're going to start doing them more regularly. Yeah. We've got some of our, our feet under us now. It's been a year of transition and now we're kind of settled. And so we'll do them more regularly. So I say, if you're part of Valley, do it the next time we have it offered. And we have it offered at the end of the month, June 23rd. We're doing a Valley United. It's yeah. a worship service with baptisms. That'd be an awesome opportunity to do it. And so if you, if you were a believer, jump in line, get in the pool, get dunked. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. So you just said that the, the scriptural precedent is to do it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a time that we may want to delay baptism? Yeah. So I, I shared a little bit about how for me, I delayed it for a while, kind of trying to honor my parents as I was living in their house Yeah, and, but also desiring it. Um, I, I still wish I would have just done it sooner and, and just seen what happened in a sense. But the other time we delay it is, is for four kids, right? Because we want to ensure a believer baptism to the best of our ability. Right. And so we really lean against baptizing kids that are young. We, we like to get them old enough so that they cannot just express the gospel like themselves. We want them to be able to articulate the gospel, but we want to see them beginning to, to, um, kind of like live a life of repentance right? to show a softness of heart um, and a desire to turn away from their sin on their own. Uh, we want to start to see some fruit in their life. We want to see that they're n- not, I shouldn't say naturally, but really supernaturally because of God's spirit living in them, moving towards service and moving toward greater levels of obedience out of affection for Christ. And so for my kids, my older two have been baptized, but we waited uh, probably maybe even too long with Jaden to, to let him be baptized. And I can tell you what, every time we did baptisms, uh, he was right there waiting and asking and, and like kind of begging and kind of upset sometimes. Like, why, why haven't you let me do this yet? And part of that was, we said, you're, you're not going to partake in communion until after you've been baptized. And so it was kind of like a double whammy because whenever we did communion, he was like, what the heck? Which we just talked about that. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but, but we just want to make sure a child is, is really, able to express those things so that they have some confidence. They actually are saved that we have some confidence. They actually have a saving faith. And then if if you baptize them when they're, they're six, how much are they, are they going to remember versus when you baptize them when they're 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. and they're, they're going to, they're going to keep that memory. That's going to be something that they hold on to and say, this was a landmark moment in my life where I didn't just believe but in front of people, in front of a church, right. proclaimed my faith in front of others and was welcomed into the church family. So at this moment, that's following a, pro- a proclamation of faith with, with baptism. That is a theological thing. That's a precedent we see in scripture. But the weighting of it that you've just expressed, even for your own kids, that's more of a philosophical matter that is outlined really as case by case mm-hmm. is kind of what you're saying. Because we do actually, we had some students this year who said they wanted to be baptized. I sat down with them and uh, after talking to you and talking to the child, I, we kind of deemed that they were a little young though. They could articulate faith. They could articulate the gospel. We wanted to see like what you just said, a little more fruit in their life to, to demonstrate a true comprehension and a true living of, of the word. Yeah. And so much of that, I mean, motives are tricky, right? Because yeah. I know part of my son's motives were just desiring to be baptized because he loved the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I had a hard time distinguishing how much of that was because he desired to please me. Mm-hmm. Right. I, he, he wanted to be baptized in part because he wanted to please dad. 
And that was part of what would need part of my life and part of who I am as the pastor. And I didn't want him doing it for me. I wanted yeah. it. And so that's part of what we do with, with younger people is we say, let's make sure they're doing it. Not to please mom and dad, yeah. not to look like a good Christian kid, but because of uh, a regenerate faith. And that's why it's important to slow down that what you just shared actually reminds me of the herd mentality that we see when kids go to camp at times, you know, you'll see a kid go up and, and go to the altar call and accept Jesus. And then because this one kid did it, four other kids are going to go up there because they want the attention. Or I, I mean, there are some kids who genuinely come to know Christ through those, those moments. But I, honestly, I, I guess I'm a little jaded after being part of those for years. That there are some people who they just don't want to be the odd man out, right? You don't want to be the last person sitting in the chairs and thinking, like, oh, everybody's up there. They're all doing this really cool thing and they're getting praised for it. I want that. I want the praise of making this quote unquote hard choice or this, 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 this size of moment in my life. So I want to go up there and that's, that's a, that's dangerous because yeah. Yeah. Because then you're like, did you accept Jesus? Yeah, I did when I was at camp, but did you really? Cause it goes back to what you just outlined of motives. Mm -hmm. So that's, I don't know. That's why we caution. I not, not caution. We just want to slow down and really sift through people's motives because I, I, I personally would hate to be a part of someone's life and to have baptized them when they shouldn't have. And then that keeps them from admitting their need for Christ down the road. Yeah. I would hate to give someone the reason, a reason to not, to not dive deeper in their faith because they think they've already checked the boxes in their own life. And this, this circles back to why biblical leadership is so important. Because as, as shepherds, as elders, we, we do that work. And it's not like that we have a, a magic thermometer we can put in someone's ear and say, oh, they really are saved. But what we do have is we have questions and we have yeah. the spirit leading us. And we do that work to, to shepherd them toward a healthy faith. And sometimes that means let's wait a little while to be baptized. Sometimes that means, hey, you're ready. Let's go. Sometimes that means saying to the people, hey, you should have been baptized a long time ago. Let's, what, what are we waiting for? Right. And so having leaders in your life, being in community, having people that know you, that's so, so important when it comes to the Christian community. Mike, we are coming up on time, but I did want to ask you uh, some useful uh, tools or some useful questions for maybe parents who are listening to this right now. How, so we have kind of two topics, the gospel and then baptism, right? They're kind of one right after the other. What are, how, how do you go about talking about the gospel with your kids? Mm -hmm. How, how should a parent go about talking about the gospel with their kids? Yeah. So, uh, Man, this is a long question. I, I think so much of this comes. But you have thirty seconds. Down, so. I, yeah. <laughs> I think about talking about my kids about the gospel and their discipline, because when they get in trouble, it, it's it could just be punishment. But trying to even when they're messing up, use that as an opportunity to explain the gospel, to teach the gospel, to to talk about, hey, you sinned, you messed up, you, you, that's wrong, but also then point them toward not just the grace that exists in our household, but the grace of Jesus. And so having those conversations in, in the opportune times of discipline, having those conversations when you're, you know, when we're praying together at night, having those conversations around the dinner table so that our, our family as a whole is talking about the gospel so often that baptism conversation is not just a one-off spiritual conversation that's separate from everything else in life. I think off the cuff, what I'm trying to say is if spiritual conversations are a way of life in your household, if you're praying together and talking about Jesus regularly, if you're applying the gospel in discipline and in the good times, 
that makes these questions about, let's talk about baptism if you're ready, really natural and much easier to understand where your child actually is. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the healthiest thing you could do to share the gospel with your kids is to make sure that like church isn't this segregated aspect of their life, that the gospel isn't this thing that we do on the weekends, but it's, it permeates every mm-hmm. aspect, you know, and the great Shema, uh, Deuteronomy six talks about that. We should be talking about the Lord. We should be talking about the mm-hmm. gospel in every aspect of our lives while we drive down the road, while we interact with our our in-laws while we are grocery shopping, there's a lot of teachable moments there that reflect back on the Lord. And if we're having spiritual conversations, it kind of lends itself to talking more about the gospel. Is that kind of what you're, you're absolutely. Talking? Okay. Yeah. So let's say a child has accepted the Lord and they are, they're just really pushing to be baptized. How, how do you go about that conversation with your kids? I know you have, are all three of your kids baptized? I don't no, know. just the older two. Okay. So, okay. So like, yeah, with your youngest, how, when that, I'm, I'm sure he has a desire to be mm-hmm. baptized right now. So how, when he kind of pushes for that, what, what are, how do you go about that conversation? Yeah. So I, I don't know if he does have that desire right now. He's, he's, okay. he's almost five. He turns five this year and we have tons of spiritual conversations all the right, all the time. Um, I, I, he's expressed faith at some levels. And so there's, we have a lot of kind of joy and hope in that, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we're still kind of just feeling them out and, and not sure if it's really stuck yet or if it's just because we're mom and dad and we're teaching them these things. And yeah. so we're just taking our time with him. And again, we pray with him every night. He and I pray together every night. There's Bible stories every day. Yeah. And, and, and it's part of our just regular routine and we talk about it. And, and church family is a big part of that. So he gets to go to church and, and hear the same kind of conversations. And so it's just a matter of allowing him in his time to, to bring up those conversations and uh, about baptism mm-hmm. that'll come right now. It's really just about faith and what's, what are the faith appropriate principles for him right now as a five-year-old. And so we talk a lot about how God cares for him and, okay. and that Jesus is real and wants, wants to be his friend and that Jesus loves him so much. He died for him and rose again. So th- those are the, about the limit of a, the concepts that a, a kid his age is going to grasp. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So then how, how did you, so for your older two then, cause I, what I'm curious about is if, if, if a child says, Hey, I want to be baptized. And I say something like, let's say hypothetically, I have a kid and I say to him, Hey, I want you to be baptized, but I want to see a life of repentance before we can say that you can be baptized. Cause I want to make sure you, you're, you're getting this. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really blunt. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a really uh, like maybe too strong of a conversation. How did you, how did you go about a conversation? Like, say, yeah, yeah. Like that, that wasn't that blunt. Okay. And so we, we talked a lot about, uh, what the gospel was mm-hmm. and that just was the conversation we would have every time. And my kids, they picked up on it pretty quick and okay. they were able to answer the, the academic questions, the intellectual mm-hmm. questions. And so we just said, well, let's, let's just keep talking about it. And I, I kind of just pushed it off until Jess and I, as we talked about it and as we observed them, we felt like, okay, they are, they are expressing repentance easily. They are moving towards service and, and demonstrating the kind of character that you find in Christ mm-hmm. that without us just disciplining them toward it. And so that's, I think what, what the line was for us. It wasn't these direct conversations. Well, are you repenting quickly enough? They were more <laughs> just, just observing them and yeah. then, and then 
when they talked about it, talked about the gospel and talked about Jesus and his death, death and resurrection and what that meant for them and what it means for them to believe that and, and how they felt like that was changing them or what God was doing in their life. And so those were some of the conversations that was more the flavor of the conversations okay. rather than here's the check mark. When you do this, we'll baptize okay. you. So I, I like that. I, I think that's really helpful. Mike, we are, uh, we've reached the end of our time. Thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking about baptisms. Um, for anyone who's listening, if you have any questions or if you would like to write in to the show, we, we accept emails at podcast at vcflongview.org. Um, also, if you have any questions about the church, you can also visit our website. Do you want to give them the, the website, Mike? vcflongview.org. Yep. And you'll find all sorts of information there. And uh, I think I think that's it. I'm still trying to figure out how we're going to outro these kind of podcasts. But uh, yeah, do you have anything you want to say before I hit the button? That's it. Hit the button. All right. 